Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Justin Cummings. Hey. Today, Justin and I will be discussing a Steven Universe uh, topic-like kind of podcast. We'll be discussing Steven and Connie and their relationship throughout the, th- throughout the show, recently um, explored in Steven's birthday. Um, we're going to kind of discuss the their like quote-unquote love story friendship and uh just kind of get into that i feel like i feel like this is something that gets uh, has gotten like a little bit left in the wayside recently i mean we didn't get maybe get into it as as satisfactory as i, as I would have liked to on the steven's birthday podcast so i'm i'm uh, happy justin and i are going to get to talk about it a lot more here justin recently wrote an article on overly animated blog section which you should check out but also check out this article on uh, why Stephen and Connie composed television's greatest love story I left a link in the show in the show description about that so we're going to be uh, talking about uh, the points he made in that and you should also just check out uh, Justin and my other uh, other pieces on on overly animated because we're getting into some good good stuff about animation there uh, yeah, so overlyanimated.com is where you can find out everything about this podcast. And let's get right into Stephen and Connie. Not an episode, so no, no, uh, what we're going to talk about. So, okay, so Justin, give me like a, I'm going to, I'm going to quote your article because I think you stated it pretty elegantly here, but give me like a, a brief, um, synopsis of your view of Stephen and Connie's uh kind of relationship friendship as you as you saw it in and of course you wrote this before the recent steven's birthday so we have some stuff to update with that but um kind of a synopsis of your view of uh, of their of their dynamic on the show right um so what we see a lot we do see that they love each other they have that strong bond they even say it in the book uh guide to the crystal gems which i highly recommend reading really good stuff in there but they're not like the stereotypical teen romance they're much more founded in their friendship as opposed to being about the romance and i think it's that building block that lets them be the tight unit that we see them just in their talking and fight scenes we see them not as a romantic couple but definitely as a pair yeah as you say in in the article don't get it twisted while steven and connie as it stands now love each other they are not in love with each other it's not even canon. It's it's even canon that they love each other. And then you quote the that book quote. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a hard dynamic to uh, a lot of people to get their head around. My biggest my biggest point that I've always made on the podcast, and I feel like it's not satisfactory um, in terms of their relations, is I'm always like, okay, I don't ship them. And like, what what I mean by that is that I'm I'm not I'm not about like like actively. Um, anticipating romantic interactions between, you know, Stephen and Connie. That's kind of how I view uh, shipping. And what I love about, what I've always loved about them is kind of how you try to, is how you try to get into their relationship here is they, they're, of course, they're grounded in friendship, but also it's, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's a hard one to pin down because they are also the hintings of romantic future even current romantic actions we saw more of that recently in the in the steven's birthday episode yeah that almost seems a bit out of character for connie but i kind of get it and i have a theory on that that i can get into okay yeah and we'll we'll let's we'll probably go down the line in terms of big interactions from them and then get to that at the end um it's 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 one that i think that uh our consumption of like typical media would have us anticipate uh them in a being in a romantic way i think kind of to an extent that's unfair to the deep bond that the show is presented between them did you see the uh commercial i put in the article yes i did yeah where they actually it was um i want to say it was brazil in the commercial they actually call connie steven's girlfriend so even they don't quite get how to classify yes uh uh uh, foreign language translation of of the show it was i mean i think that a, pro- a lot of people would watch this who watched uh typical media things and like classify them as boyfriend girlfriend but i feel like that's just a disservice to the not that not that you couldn't can't have a deep bond with a romantic a clearly romantic relationship but i feel like the show's just meticulously um displayed uh like 
just deeper interactions between them. I mean, I think that they have like a relationship, like in that two people like having a relationship. And I would say it's one of the most um, intricately crafted like ones in the show, maybe one of the best ones. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think it's like what do you think Steven has a a better um, explorer dynamic on the show than with Connie? I think it's definitely the Stephen Connie bond. What's cool about that. Most of Steven's bonds, they aren't forced on him, but like Garnet, Amethyst, Pearl, Greg, he's grown up with while Connie was like the first friendship we actively saw him seek out. And like, that was his doing that created that friendship. Yeah. I think that was pretty important about that. And I think that's like why, yeah, so I think that that's how it was like presented. That was like the reason for the the reason the show stated for Connie initially was like Stephen like actively seeking a friend. Um, his I, funky flow. Yeah, his funky flow. I was a little bit in the beginning with the funky flow thing. I was a little bit like eh about how it was like kind of presented as a romantic thing, but it's almost like a subversion of what we'd have expected because they do present it as like uh, a romantic exploration at first, and then it like is so much deeper than that than a simple like crush, you know? Right. Yeah. So I, I definitely love where they've gone with it. Let's, um, let's get into specific examples of prominent Stephen Connie interactions throughout the series. Um, you state a lot of these and then I have one to add and you state a lot of them in the article mm-hmm. and I have one to add and then we have a, and then we can get into the new one in Stephen's birthday, which is definitely kind of a dynamic shift or at least playing with the established dynamic that we had. So, um, I actually don't hmm, chronologically with these, but, um, we definitely probably, I mean, actually probably alone together came first out of the four that we have here. Although open book is like supposed to be in season one, right? I think open book was after alone together, but before jailbreak. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. And then Cards Network aired it out of order because they suck. But so alone together, of course, we have to get into, uh, Stevani here, um, And it's, I find fusion kind of um, somewhat hard to articulate. Um, right. Yeah. I was thinking about it earlier with the idea of fusion, like what will happen when Steven fuses with someone else and like Connie's reaction, because it is just such a hard thing to articulate. Yeah. And it's, it's already hard enough to like figure out how Garnet is, who's always fused and like what that dynamic is. Um, but just to describe it for Steven, who like, First of all, you have the whole half half human thing going on, and then it's like they were one person for the same thing. I mean, like two humans were one person for a short amount of time. Um, I mean, obviously this episode's great, and it's it's a fan favorite. Um, it's interesting how it's not super referenced later, but maybe just shows a deepening of their friendship that then is expressed in the following episodes that we get into. Um, right. the, the, yeah, I, re- I rewatched this one today. The one. Uh, their their dance before you know of course the uh, they fused together I felt like was a pretty prominent part in their of their dynamic just as much as them becoming Stephanie was and um, just it was like there's an interesting dynamic throughout all of this is like there's some like strife between the two as as like most of the examples we're gonna go over right and then and then it's like which one um, and it's like they have to work together though overcome it and i think their relationship getting stronger throughout everything um this is like connie's shy and it's like i wanted to go to that dance in uh at my school but then i couldn't do it um so then steven wants to dance with her and then they become stevani uh there's a lot more to talk about with uh, with stevani in terms of their future their when we're gonna see stevani again right right um I've, i've always found it hard to like yeah, like I like I said, express how how this means. How do, how significant do you think this was for the for the two of them? And um, what do you think that I don't know? I, I, we didn't see the effects of it as much play out throughout the rest of the episodes. But what what do you what could you imagine uh, with their feelings towards it afterwards? I think there was definitely a talk at some point between the two of them of like what the heck just happened. Yeah, yeah, there had to have been yeah. right because you can't just do that and then laugh it off like we see them at the end of the episode but i think definitely this not only strengthened their bond it also was the moment when connie really got brought into like the world like you had the indirect kiss moment where she had her first taste of magic kind of but this really brought her in and i think that kind of like cemented her place with the gems uh we saw garnet 
I think in this episode is the first time we really see Garnet go from more cool and relaxed to more motherly. And I think it's because of this moment. Interesting. Yeah, that one thing about Garnet was watching this episode back. This was before we knew about the Garnet thing, right? So like her just her big smile when that happened, right? It makes a lot more sense in on rewatch for of that. Uh yeah, that's a good point. Like it's hard to imagine now when Connie's just like the the biggest side character in the show, if you want to even call her a side character, but she was on the show much less in in there. And I guess this is like a shifting point for her. Right. In the show's dynamic. Um, well, let's talk more about Stevani and when we speculate later. Uh, next, we have like open book, I guess, um, which uh, is you, you talk about as being um, it's Steven, you know, like kind of just I mean, there's the whole thing throughout the entire episode. But it's like a fake Connie and then Steven realizing that he like he loves Connie because she's herself and not like what he imagines her to be. Right. And I think that's very important not just in their relationship, but in general, that idea. And I really like the way they handled it in this episode. Yeah. Like it, they showed it in a really relatable way. Yeah, I definitely did too. There's, as with all of Steven Universe, there's an element to this of uh, social importance and like, uh, and a subversion of the typical kind of problematic um, societal dynamic between, you would expect between like, a uh, young boy and a young girl. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, yeah, obvious. This is this is maybe more blatant because this is like, here's the message, and it's like, uh, it's it's like, don't imagine your romantic partner to be like what you want them to be. You should love them for what they are, and definitely such a huge. Uh, I think it's kind of atypical that it's a little bit like blatant, um, but yeah, yeah, but it's, I mean, obviously a big, a big, a big message. Center. And I think that's that's true of Stephen and Connie in general. Is like that's kind of a general point with their dynamic is um, finding like a bond regardless of you know of uh, any romance or potential romance that's there. Right, and I think we kind of see it. Fl- we see this script flipped in Stephen's birthday because in this episode we see. Connie changed and Steven not want that while on Steven's birthday, Steven changes physically and Connie accepts him either way. So it's kind of like a cool role reversal there. I agree with that. Yeah. I think that it was interesting to look at the evidence you presented and see how much of this, how much of a lot of them were like Connie issues. And then it's like Steven helping her overcome them. And I think it's been reversed a little bit uh, Mm -hmm. in, in season two from what we've seen. Um, So we got open book. We had loan together and we have full disclosure um, which is Steve, Steven kind of dealing with, uh, with the concept of like, she's like, he like has this thought that he wants to protect Connie by like not including her in all the mythology of the show, basically. And then great episode. Yeah. You, you ranked the, uh, the song from this one, number one on your <laughs> top so 10 songs. List. I actually like, I don't know, for some reason I have a iTunes playlist of SU songs and I didn't have that one on there. So then I re-listened to it and it's, you're right. It is really good. It's when like, I had when I first watched the episode, I had it on my DVR. I immediately went back and replayed the song four <laughs> times. <laughs> That's me with, uh, with Steven Universe songs usually. But oh, yeah, this, this one is like really good musically because yeah, the integrating of the ringtone is just really clever. Um, and and then the uh, instrumental at the end when we see his thoughts not just about Connie but his flashback to like Lapis and Malachite and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I don't know this. I definitely like the song. This I never really connected too much with Steven's thought process here. I always found it a little bit jarring, like kind of how fast the show went through. Um, kind of, it, it seemed like I don't know. It just happens very blatantly at the end of the finale, and then we continues on here. And then I don't know. I always had a lot of a, a little bit of trouble, like empathizing with where Steven's coming from with this. I think it's that he saw Greg and like the way he kind of freaked when he found out what happened, and then seeing all the wreckage, and then. Ronaldo's advice what have you with that yeah. it all just kind of because he's got to be stressed out right now I mean after yeah. what he saw so I think all that kind of just blended together into this extreme reaction and we do see him go from one extreme to another which for I guess 13 that makes a lot of sense yeah I first of all I forgot Ronaldo was and I rewatched part of this today and then Ronaldo was there and it's like okay I need to rewatch the Ronaldo episodes there's some stuff going on that I forgot about but um it's yeah, I think it makes sense that like this would all catch up to Steven at a certain point. Um, cuz like you forget that in the beginning of the series he we like it's from his point of view. We know he knows like as little as us and then just all of this coming uh onto his plate. Um I think it is a realistic uh 
kind of reaction to the entire situation. But then how it relates to Connie, I think, is important to get into. And then mm-hmm. um, just ultimately Connie saying, I want to be part of your universe when they talk at the end of this episode. That one uh, is perfect. Yeah, very. <laughs> I, I'm surprised there aren't more universe kind of puns. I don't know if this is a pun, but like using universe more. Uh, in this I think Mr. Universe kind of gives a, gives gives us enough, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Definitely true with that. How, so how do you see this uh, moment between them as uh, as influential in, in their building relationship? I think it's huge, really, because like in society we do see a lot of times the man has to be the stoic and we see Steven just go from the tough exterior, you know, let's build a moat to the just completely break down crying. And to Connie's, um, to her, what's the word to her credit, she listens to him, hears him out completely and is there for him. And so I think this is the episode where we see Steven has that support system a place he can go and kind of get away and debrief a bit what all's going on. And it's like his his concern was protecting Connie, but maybe um, it's it's more of that just he needed someone you know to be there for him. So mm-hmm. this was like counterproductive to to what he needed at the moment. And like you said, it's and we were talking about before. It's always it's very difficult to not view their their dynamic within like a broader societal context. Um, and that definitely like like every time they're on the screen, I feel like there's that's one of the things I always say see people reacting to, you know, on Tumblr and whatnot. Well, that's what you'd expect on Tumblr, but yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I think this was a very good moment between them. Um, next, we got Nightmare Hospital, which was, you know, kind of just one big Stephen Connie episode to a certain extent. Um, the one you cite from here is Stephen calling Connie my Connie, which was kind of what I, I think I reacted to most after that one. Um, and, and you're like, and like, yeah, you're like, yeah, there's a problematic lens to it, but at the same time, um, I mean, I think there's an interpretation that's not problematic too, like regardless of understanding of the situation, but regardless of that aspect, this, how do you think this is big towards Steven's view for Connie? I think this is, it's big in one sense because we see Steven truly wanting to protect her, not just because she's a human and that is like what he's been taught to do, but specifically this particular person. And I think this is the first episode where we see him want to protect Connie, not just in like the greater sense of protect the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, that their, their dynamics throughout the entire episode, Steven being there with, I did not rewatch this one, but from my memory, Steven being there for like Connie and her mom's uh, struggles. It's like a certain. There's a certain aspect of this is the other one being there through the strife in their life, and we saw that right. in full disclosure with Connie with Stephen, and this is kind of the other dynamic too. Um, Stephen being there for for um, things going on in Connie's life. And this is also the first time we see them fight together, like fully weaponed, outside of like training. This is their first time out in the real world fighting. So yeah, that's, that's definitely very important. Yeah, that's true. This one after Sworn to the Sword chronologically, that's one I wanted to add to, to this dynamic here because uh, this this one, I mean, this episode is like a split Stephen Connie uh, Pearl Rose episode, I'd say. And uh, there's like, I feel like there's two takeaways from Sworn to the Sword. One is uh, they're singing together in the beginning and so cute which is the best yeah and uh i forgot about that song actually i don't know if that's to be considered for when i do my version of the top 10 list but there's just so many of them there's so many because there's some that are like long ballads and then you have like the fun little ones yeah and it's it's hard to it's hard to compare these these small ones to the big ones cartoon network helpfully posted a lot of them to their youtube page recently so um still mad about that spoiler but i didn't watch it and i'm really glad that you mentioned it on the podcast because otherwise i would have gone and heard it by accident that's good i i could not i could not resist seeing the song and i just kind of listened to it on repeat before the episode <laughs> so good it was it was luckily from the beginning of the episode um yeah. unlike you know some them spoiling something from like a month from now but so well, like if they spoiled stronger than you or something like that oh yeah that would not be good but now they're <laughs> liable to do something like that it's just a mess okay uh sworn to the sword yeah we have the jam buds in the beginning um and that's great and then we have this whole concept of uh of pearl teaching steven or teaching Connie to be steven's knight um 
and then uh, just the resolution. They, they follow kind of a similar problem resolution aspect all these episodes, I would say, which you know, I guess that's typical in general episodes. But um, learn they like they like learn about um, how Connie can't. It, it's like this is like Connie, it's like Connie reacted to um, this opportunity to kind of be more equitable in the action dynamic of being influenced by Pearl and like kind of catapulting her in front of Steven. It's like, Oh, now I need to protect Steven and her right. being susceptible to what Pearl saying. And then the ultimate resolution of, uh, uh, Steven says someday soon we might be fighting some really bad guys. When that day comes, I'm going to fight with you together. And then learning about and learning about an equitable relationship, really kind of the overall message from that. And I think quick side note on this episode, uh, two, one, when Steven immediately bubbles him and Connie when Hollow Pearl appears, that's just such a good, subtle moment. Have you seen it recently? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I did just rewatched it today, yeah. And it's like instinct, he protects him and Connie. Yeah, it's how Steven's bubbles used is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a lot more to analyze there, but just instinctually protecting Connie, yeah. And then also, this is the first time, I mean, I'm sure Steven has mentioned his mother, but this is the first time we really see Connie learning a lot about Rose. Like, at all. That's interesting. Yeah. I never think too much about what Connie knows about yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and it's interesting to see, like, just, it's on one hand, of course, it's realistic that Connie would be might be susceptible to this type of um, mm-hmm. thinking from Pearl. But it's also interesting to think about, like, what Connie thought about the mythology of Rose and, like, what Pearl was telling her from that angle. Right, because I mean, I can see her getting so swept up in all of this because it probably all hit her at once. And also, like hearing, I don't know, thinking about Connie's personality, getting into like fantasy books and stuff, hearing this like epic tale from from Pearl about her. That's because that's how she presented it and do it for her. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, about fighting with, um, yeah, about fighting the war and just getting caught up in that. I, yeah, we'll talk about this later, but like we've seen kind of a. Uh, once we've Paradot's been brought into the spotlight recently, this has become like the Paradot show the past, um, I don't know, 20 episodes. And like, I think Connie's been minimized a little bit here along with like basically every other character. So, but I think, I think now we'll definitely see Paradot kind of take that backseat. Like you were talking about, I think yesterday was a, like a fond farewell to the Paradot centric episodes. And we're going to kind of see the wider cast again. Yeah. I think, I think that was the end of the barn arc and that was, probably the end of Peridot's prominence not that I mean she's like a regular member of the cast now so she's going to be right. there, but it's like it's like how Amethyst functions in the background a lot of times um and so so now you can bring in um Connie maybe the other car- other gems will we ever see Lapis Jasper again will we ever see the other diamonds etc cetera, etc cetera. and so in the future bringing uh, we can see like how Connie would react to, to all of this yeah I want to see what how what her reaction is to Peridot like we want to see Connie meet Peridot right um, I'm wondering, I, I can see them setting up if they want to call back to the line from yesterday with the star, which was so good. Yeah. Is, is Connie going to have to get a star at some point, too? <laughs> Does Connie count see, as a crystal gem? I could see Peridot and Connie like sitting there before battle. We can't go yet. We don't have stars. <laughs> that would be great. I would love that. I, I, think I, I think I said this yesterday. I was like saying how I, th- I feel like Connie and Peridot would get along really well. Or like, I feel they would. Or like, uh, from which angle would like Peridot really? I think Peridot would like Connie the most, right? Because I feel like Connie's the most, um, the most like smart, logical thinker among. among yeah, the group. I could see the two of them binge watching Camp Pining Hearts, <laughs> and that's true. Point. And they both, they both have. We've watched them get really into shows like that. That would be great. Oh, I wonder what Connie would think about a Peridot shipping chart. Yeah, would she have her own analysis? I, I could see her like, have like a rebuttal to that. <laughs> I wonder if she would like, yeah, she'd like make her own or if she would like reject this completely. <laughs> like, and then go back to Rose's room and settle this again. <laughs> no, I think she would make her own. Yeah, I think we've seen enough of that, that, that she would have her own theories on that. That's true. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that was, they just they specifically shoved Barrett off to the side and we didn't have her meet um, Connie. So it, it, we have to, we have to have this big moment soon and how Connie reacts to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just this thinking about this topic has gotten me thinking about how Connie would see the events of the series more. And we're just so swept up in Steven's point of view, usually in the show that it's like, what does Connie even know? Like, I'm not even sure, honestly. Like I would love them to just take one episode and kind of flip it and do it from Connie's perspective, just to kind of show where she's at in all of this, like what she thinks her role is. Yeah. Like, 
And you, and I think most people's reaction to that would be, whoa, this is the show's from Steven's perspective. But like just last episode, we had like a narrative device that allowed us to have an episode from Paradox's perspective. So like you could do something like something tricksy narrative like that to not break the continuity and have us like a Connie POV episode. That, yeah. that was that was one thing I don't know if I discussed we discussed on the podcast of for Friday's episode was that was they Peridot was the main character of that episode just because oh, yeah. of a playback flashback device that they used. That but, framing device was brilliant and just like the slight changes between what she said and what actually happened just it worked so well. It, it, yeah, it was really fascinating to see played out. I'm still really interested to see like why they chose to do that, but like given that they did, like it was super interesting. Um so okay, so sworn yeah, sworn to the sword. <laughs> that's what we're yeah, talking about, that's right? What we were talking about. Uh, this happened. Yes, yeah, so this is the, a typical uh, overly animated set tangents on this. Um, like, wasn't yeah. this when we could finally see Connie go from like the sundress and such to the more battle ready clothing? Yeah, and just become like the sword, you know, the swordsman, the warrior. Um, and and one question I had was like, someday we might be fighting some really bad guys. Uh, when that guy comes, I'm going to fight with you together. And I'm like, when does that happen? And I guess it kind of happened in Nightmare Hospital now that you mention it. Uh, yeah. I wonder if that, but like, we haven't seen Connie like super in battle yet. That's my I big think. Thing. I think Connie was there. For, Connie was there when they fought Lapis, right? Because, yeah, he, her and Steven had the water guns. Okay. Uh, okay. Ocean Gem. So I'm assuming that whenever Lapis and Jasper come back, Connie will be with them. Connie versus Jasper. Is this a fair fight? I think I think I could see Stevani versus Jasper. Oh, Jasper man. be like, again, are you kidding me? Yo, yeah, Jasper would be really pissed at that. That would be great. Uh yeah. Something yeah, something about uh Stevani I want to mention. It's like it, it's we see how gems when they're stacked together like get bigger, but like it seems like when Steven and Connie stack together, they also like age. Yeah, yeah, that's that could be part of Steven's half human thing. But also, like, what age would you say Stevani looks? Um, I mean, we have the whole thing with Steven. You know, Steven looks okay. 11, right? So right. Um, I would say Stevani looks like 15-ish, right? 16, right? Something. My thinking is when the gems combine, they, like, gain appendages, eyes, all this. What if when Steven and Connie combine, their ages combine? Because, like, Stevani only has two arms. So she's not, That's like, the normal fusion. I'm I'm like I'm trying to think of how that would like make sense, but also none of this makes sense. So exactly. <laughs> so I could I see a logic in that. I don't think I don't think she looked well. What would their ages be combined? They'd be twenty six. I don't think she looked twenty six. No, she didn't. Twenty six and three quarters. I mean, we had Lars and Sadie like blushing with her, right? And then, but they're all teenagers, I guess. True. Yeah. So and then there's the guy at what was his name kevin i, I rewatched this episode. yeah yeah. Kevin. I, yeah i forgot that kevin that's like hilarious he's like i he's like trying to be intimidating or like uh like appealing on the dance where he's like kevin <laughs> the least all while dancing to music on a game boy like can we take just one second to appreciate that i forgot how weird that end of the episode that episode is so weird because then it they is. just unfuse and it's like hey, those are two kids i'm out <laughs> yeah I yeah, I just I forgot how just all yeah very very weird the show is very weird but that was just when the show plays with ages and stuff especially that's it's a little interesting. Do you want to get into um oh I can't remember the name of the episode it's the one where they fuse in front of Greg. Oh yeah, they did fuse again. I yeah mm-hmm. I'm forgetting about all this uh, important stuff. Uh, yeah let's yeah let's talk about that one. What yes. do you what do you remember? I'll, I'll as I look up which episode. Oh, uh, they're going through records, which Greg's record collection is amazing. It seems they're going through that. They put one on. They start dancing. Immediately fuse, and Greg is just shocked because he didn't think it was possible at that point. And so they. Oh yeah, they this is like, this is we need to talk. Yeah, of course we need to talk. That's yeah. what it is. And this is the the flashback of um, yeah how he how how he learned about fusion. Um, from the yeah, one of the songs from your top ten was in. Was oh, and this is actually great to go from this episode straight to Stephen's birthday. Now that I think about it, uh, yeah. So what what uh, what do we learn about? Just how I mean, it's interesting how Greg reacts to that, right? Yeah, I think I think it's interesting not only how Greg reacts, but how Stephen and Connie react. Like Stephen, he's used to fusion. His reaction is just, "Yeah, we think that's because I'm half human. That's why this happens." And Connie's like freaking out, like, "Don't tell my parents! Don't tell my parents!" <laughs> Something that, yeah, something I would think about that is how, how does Connie view fusion, right? I think that's something interesting to think about. And I think that's going to really come into play one day. 
I think Steven's either going to fuse with Lapis or Peridot, and Connie's going to have to really think of what is fusion. Steven fusing with Lapis or Peridot. Wow. Because I, I think if it's I think it's Pearl, Amethyst, or Garnet, it she knows them well enough. But she'd like, be like, okay, happens. yeah. Yeah. Well, because, okay, the show does this, like, this weird, uh, like, on the fringe thing of fusion as an allegory for like not an allegory it's like a representation for sex but also just like it being its own thing and like they blend together so off i mean it's like 50 percent of the time it's a metaphor for sex and in the other 50 percent of the time it's like watching transformers energon (laughs) but like i feel sometimes i'm like okay it's just the fans of this show that are like making fusion sex all the time but then last episode like friday's Friday's episode that's like garnet was being yeah Garnet being all, uh, let's fuse, like all suave about it, right? Like, uh, I just, just, just give me a second. That that whole scene. Yeah, and then and her be like, oh, I gotta get my, yeah, I saw. It I gotta get my stilts. Gotta get my stilts on. Yeah, gotta get my heels. Yeah, let me freshen up for this. It was, yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's, it's, it's something that we assume, but then the show's like blatant about it. Sometimes, of course, it's like a thing about sex, but then it's like. It's also confusing because sometimes it's like about relationships. I feel like it's about relationships more than sex, maybe. Yeah. But like, but then it's also like sometimes just utility, like when they formed Opal. Yeah, and just then because they then, needed to move a drill. Which, like, I guess you could say relate it back to like, oh, it doesn't have to be this big deal, right? They can just do mm-hmm. it for it can just be a casual thing. Um, yeah, it's there, there's a lot there. I, I feel like their their portrayal of this off topic, but I feel like their portrayal of fusion has gotten a lot more. Um, interesting to me than season one where we just saw two people fusing to form this like cool i was ranting about this a little bit on friday but like they fused to like this just this new cool thing and it's like oh this there's cool fusion but now i feel like they're getting into a lot more um like dynamics behind it between the characters and social interpretations of it and stuff like that i think i doubt this is what the creators were thinking at all but you can kind of tie it back to um aristotle and the the, uh, three types of friendship you have like utility where they'll just form a fusion for like a battle or something and then you have pleasure where it's more they're doing it because they want to and that would be kind of like um probably that would be stevani and then you have i think garnet's like that ultimate level of because it is the greatest good like that is what should be done that's really interesting yeah i'm not i'm not super familiar with that concept but yeah there's like there's definitely like these these plateaus of um, or these stages of it yeah, I, I do. I agree. Like, Stephanie is like, it's it's interesting because like they haven't done it on purpose, really. So it's hard to know whether, um, but it's like when they're super bulk, super comfortable with each other. We saw that one time when they just randomly do it, right? So right. So it's it's my big question is like, when are we going to see them fuse again? When are they going to like purposely want to become like one? I think there's something. a huge, huge Garnet Stevani parallel that's gotten bigger. Because the only two times we've seen like an accidental fusion are Stevani and Garnet. Because we saw that in the answer, Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it's like both are like two of the strongest dynamics we've seen portrayed on the show. Mm-hmm. And like strongest foundation relationships that we've seen. And the only ones that just kind of walk around as a fusion. That's true. We haven't really, I don't think we've seen um, all the other ones are like for a battle or for a practical purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like we see Pearl and Amethyst like wanting to stay as as Opal. Although I think they, although something uh, this is a different discussion, but they seem a lot more comfortable with each other recently, and they yeah, fu- they fused very willingly on Friday. Um, I think part of that has to do with Stephen and just how he's kind of become like this glue of happiness in the group <laughs> and just made everything better. That's a, yeah, that's true, and. I, yeah, he. I mean, he definitely is that way to like the fans, but also like in, in terms of his dynamics with the Crystal Gems. I mean, it's, it definitely seemed like in the beginning of the series that Pearl and Amethyst were like kind of opposing forces, and now they just seem super comfortable. It's kind of happening very gradually. I like I, I, that. Being, yeah, thinking back, I love how they did this because mm-hmm. Amethyst was like the intermediary on the last Stephen Bomb uh, between the Garnet and Pearl, and we just saw in, more friendly Amethyst Pearl dynamics. Um, there so i feel like this is this has been built up a lot yeah it's like you you have three main stages of their relationship just real quick you have giant woman where we see them kind of at each other's throats but then eventually they do fuse then we have coach steven where we see pearl kind of off to the side and then we have um 
cry for help where we see Amethyst off to the side, and now it's kind of all resolved. Yeah, and I kind of hope it'll stay uh, stay like this for a little bit. I, I like I like Amethyst functioning well within the group. I feel yeah. like she's most sympathetic. I mean, of course she is, but like I don't know. Um, okay, let's get back to Steve. Let's do Stephen's birthday now. Um, yes, uh, this the tie from uh, what's it called? We need to talk. The tie from that to this. The end of We Need to Talk is when Greg and Connie make their whole, like, human beings pack thing, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And so that that goes right into the beginning of this episode yeah. and kind of starts the main conflict. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, like a result of... We didn't see Steven's reaction to their human beings in, in Steven's birthday as much, but it's, like, building towards his uncomfortableness with the whole thing. Um Okay, so I feel like there's there's two main things to talk about from with Stephen and Connie for Stephen's birthday. There's like the growing romantic thing happening, and then there's also like just the typical conflict resolution within uh, Stephen and Connie's dynamic here. That right. um, like I like you just the way you are, and um, I want to hang out with you no matter what. Uh, being the conclusions, really. Um, so. How do you see that as significant? And then we can get into potential romantic stuff. Um, I see that as significant because this is Connie seeing Steven going through, I guess, gem stuff. She's already helped him through um, like emotions. She can kind of understand that was what full disclosure was. She can understand like emotions. This is her helping him through stuff that she has no part of, like actual magical gem stuff. And so we're seeing her grow and accept more and more of this and be willing to help him. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah, that's really that's a really interesting way to look at it, right? Because Connie's like, as with all of us, are just blind with what's going on with Steven here. And there's there's an element of like um, this is another Steven problem instead of a Connie problem like it was kind of earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's like Connie learning to um, like how to deal with this type of stuff that she's no experience with and how to be like supportive to Steven. Um, what do you what do you think of the conflict here? Right. So. Uh, right. The conflict is Steven. I don't want to say unlearning what he learned in open book, but we see him wanting to change for Connie, I think. And we see him kind of pushing himself past his limit. And I really, really thought that they were going to pull one of those things where it's like, well, if you want to stretch every now and again, that's okay. But no, it was just blatant. Don't do that. You're perfect just the way you are. And I think that was a very important statement they made. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's an open book was like. Steven learning that Connie, he loves Connie the way she is. And this episode is like Steven learning that Connie like loves him the way he is. Right. Right. So it's kind of the reverse of that in that dynamic. Right. But then there's also this, um, like there's, there's like growing, there's like more romantic interactions between the two of them here. And then it also relates to potentially, I think what you've been hinting at is Connie maybe viewing older Steven and more of a desirable that as that being like a desirable state for her. And here's what I and here's my theory with that. We talked earlier about Connacy, Con, Connie, and um, all like the fantasy books she's read and growing up. And we can imagine like if she was in our world, she would have probably grown up reading like Twilight and all this. She's never really gotten out of her little bubble, as it were. So her now being swept up in this epic fantasy world that's out of one of her books. Of course, she's gonna want that romance that she sees in every book she's read. And so I think that's like the middle phase we see in this episode is her like caught up in all of that, like finally getting this romance. But then we see her put that aside Mm. because she realizes, you know, that's a book. This is real life. This is more important. Do you think that she's getting caught up in like the mythology of the gems as she's learning about them or maybe that she's getting caught up in her and Steven? I think a bit of both. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting to see how she views – how she thinks about herself and Steven, because like the reaction that she had is like totally, you know, it's like totally believable. Of course we like, we, we see that aspect of Connie in open book and she's also like 12, like literally 12. So mm-hmm. this is, this is what you would probably, this is very mild considering her. Right? Oh, yeah. So it's like, it's like, how does she normally think of Steven? Do you think that she has like active 
um, romantic feelings towards him. Of course, there's like blushing between them and there's growing romantic things and like it's just a result of them being close and like being potential romantic partners for each other but do you think that she like actively thinks about him that way i think the thing is i think she actively thinks about it when they're in situations where she sees like this very mature side and all of this but typically like when they dance and stuff and he looks the same way he has since he was eight she's not going to think about that that but now when he looks like a teenager i think it kind of kicked in at first so you saying do you think that this like thing with steven stretching is like kind of almost forcing this uh new thing upon steven's view of connie's view of steven i i think so and i really hope that we don't see her we my my biggest fear is that we'll see an episode where she like wants him to stretch again like that's my biggest fear yeah, I, I, I don't think they'll do that. I really hope they don't. Yeah, I mean, normally, for if this was any other show, you know, you'd expect that, but mm-hmm. if there's anything anything potentially problematic about an idea, they're probably not going to do it. Um, so yeah, I like, I like that view of it. It's like, I feel like Steven and Connie right now, Connie views them as, uh, like, friends, and, like, they're just kids, and, like, she has feelings for him, but it's like, that's all, like, you know, in the future... That's like adult stuff, but they're just kids right now, right? And so then Steven, looking older, kind of, oh, it is the future? Then it kind of forces that upon her, almost. Yeah, and I think that's that's really interesting to consider. What, so we had the, the big ship moments between them. We have, um, of course, we have her hugging her. And I, I, I watched this episode again. I really love the line read by Connie's VA. Happy birthday! Right there with the oh, first one. Yeah. Um, and we have the ha- Connie's head on Stephen's chest, and we have like Stephen calling, saying he's going to be first boy. Um, we've talked about that line too. Okay, well, let's talk about that line. So okay, let's talk about that one. That's I I love that line because Connie, I could see actually being president. That line is yeah, it's like great and very funny. How do you think it like it represents Stephen's views of Connie? Like, do you think that all like maybe Connie reacting to older Stephen potentially more romantically? represents her like is about her seeing steven as a as like a, a potential romantic future between them do you think this is the same thing for steven where it's like steven's like assuming romance in the future between them um i think he assumes they'll be together in the future i don't know if he sees it as romantic i i think he does but you never really know. I feel like you can just interpret this line innocuously. It's like he just assumes they're still going to be like like, li- like life partners, whether there's romance or not, yeah. right? But you can definitely see as like the utmost respect for Connie because he truly thinks she's going to be president. Definitely, yeah. That was, that's yeah, definitely a huge reason why that line's so great. Um, yeah, so we have that. Uh, we have the hug, head on chest, them. That's going to be all over Tumblr. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about... Uh, okay, so what do you think of... Like, we talked about like their views of the future romance stuff what do you think of um their views of themselves currently rom- uh in terms of romance like i feel like we both kind of presented it as like they're like okay this is something in the future and they're just dealing with their their like intimacy not like in a romantic way just like their bond between each other and the present i think definitely that's what it is right now i think Steven definitely likes Connie, and Connie definitely likes Steven, and they have that like mutual crush. But I think they're kind of setting that aside at the moment. But it's it, it's like they they probably both have that, but it's like not even important for them. That's, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Um, I think for them, it's just assumed at this point. It's not like a oh, does she maybe possibly like me? Like we see in so many shows here, it's just assumed, and so they don't have to worry about it. I also think for like function in both of their lives, they're it's just both. It's more important for both of them that they're just like they have this unconditional friend for each other. Mm-hmm. Like way more important than a potential romantic partner. Each of them just need like this this confidant and this. Like we see, we saw the conflict throughout all these episodes, like as evidence for this. Just needing someone to confide in and be there for them. They also just don't really have other friends their age too. Right. Oh, we have Onion. Okay. <laughs> no more Onion on the show. I've, I've started the petition. If if the next Onion episode we get is like the last one, that that was actually a decent episode. I thought where we had um, Onion and Steven while Amethyst was with Vidalia. That was a decent episode. It was like for an Onion episode. It was like okay, <laughs> but as long as we don't get. Um, onion trade again i'm happy yeah no more onion okay uh <laughs> no onion to, no uh, no more onion 2k16 
so okay yeah i, I like i like how we characterize this and it's like well yeah so it's like they're i don't know i feel like it's it's more meaningful to like break their their dynamic down into like what we've talked about rather than to try to like like articulate it with a sentence or two i feel like that's kind of hard to do because of just the that di- there's all these aspects of their dynamic and their closeness right. and it's just it's it's uh more it's you almost want to say it's like more than romance but at the same time i feel like that's a little inaccurate because it's like uh it's like that's it's not like they're saying their friendship is more important than romance it's just that this is what they are in their lives right now yeah and, it's like a different level and it's like, like a different yeah, and like regardless of how it gets expressed in the future, right? It's just it's like it could be romantic in the future, and maybe even presumably romantic in the future. It's just this is, this is their deep bond that they have in the present. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, let's talk somewhat briefly about the future for for Stephen and Connie, and especially Connie. Um, right. So we 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 talked about how we're probably going to see more Connie now. Paradox the paradox paradox arc is going to be set aside. <sighs> I feel like I think it's interesting. Like you mentioned, the possibility of Connie becoming a crystal gem. I wonder if the show's ever actually going to take her and like add her to the main cast. Like we've we've kind of almost gone as far as you can um, with her as a constant side character presence. Mm-hmm. It, I I don't know how the show story wise justifies you know like her being around that often. But beyond that, do you think this is a dynamic they like want to present constantly on the show with Connie there? I think we've come to the point now where it's not just Connie is Steven's friend who hangs out with them. Pearl has that relationship with Connie. Garnet has that relationship. They all kind of, they all accept her now. It's not just like Steven's friend coming over for a play date. Like it used to be. That's, that's a good point. And one thing I, that reminds me of one thing I noted from Steven's birthday is at one point, uh, Steven's talking about all the time she can see kind of, it's like after you're done training with Pearl, he references that in Steven's birthday, which I didn't even know if I even realized at first. Um, but apparently Connie's still training with Pearl like off screen this yeah. entire time. It's like, you're right. Yeah. She has all this stuff with the rest of them. It's like one of her extracurricular activities is, you know, going, sword, fighting. sword fighting with that, with Pearl. Yeah. She's probably like, yeah, I took up fencing club at school. It's I, I'm glad we got nightmare hospital so we can like justify more of this with her mom. Right. It's like you could see how her mom would be more into uh, stuff like this now. Um, so like, yeah. So, is how is Connie going to like function within the main plot of the show? Is she going to like be relevant for a lapis Jasper return? Is she going to be um, like there when a potential pod that yellow diamond sends down to retrieve par- the, the betraying peridot or something like that, if that's what they go with that, like is, is, is she going to be present for, for all these, these conflicts there? Cause she wasn't there for our mid season finale. I think the big, I think the thing was, and this is what was really smart about putting them at the barn, they were so secluded. It was just the gems. Like, only Greg knew the barn was there. Now that they're back at the temple, presumably, I think it'll be easier for Connie to get there, and she'll be there more. And as such, even if she's not part of the main plot, she'll get wrapped up in it. Yeah, I, I it's hard to imagine them just continuously leaving her out of the big events now. I mean, that, like... Turn I've... her into the new lion. No, no, we <laughs> Connie's characterization much better than Lion. Uh, so yeah, I like Lion wasn't in the two parts finale though, and Connie was not. I mean, come on, uh, Connie. I feel like Connie, um, like we we saw the uh, like for the foreshadowing of her being an integral part of the fighting and sworn to the sword. I mean, I feel like why is that episode there unless we're going to see her sword fight in like huge episodes later? I think what will. My theory is, as far as how the rest of season two and maybe first half of three is going to go, we're going to get an episode where we see Connie fight again. We're going to see another episode of Stevani just being Stevani. And then after that, we're probably going to see an episode of Stevani fighting. Because that's kind of what they've been hinting at, is Connie has Rose's sword, Steven has her shield, they fight as one already. Yeah, that's really interesting. They, the sword to the sword definitely protects them they definitely uh presented them i mean there's this blatant thing about it's like isn't this easier when i'm there to to block the blows um as steven did in that episode so it's like they you could just combine them and then mm-hmm. is steven's power going to still be there probably i guess right i don't know how that works right. with fusions but yeah i um, kind of want to see stevani riding into battle on lion 
that's just me. That's just, that just seems perfect. That's the end game here, right? Yeah. It is. It is Steven. So, yeah, what do you think? Okay, so when are we going to see Stevani again? Like, it's it's that's a potential possibility for when they're going to fight. Do you think that's the direct next time? I think there's going to be one more casual Stevani episode before they have to fight. I think just one more to kind of wrap up all the developments that have happened since we need to talk and kind of show how much they've grown and how much more in sync they are as Stevani and more stable. And then we can see the fight. Yeah. I, I think, I feel like we need to be reminded of Stevani. Honestly, I forgot about the, 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 the their second appearance. Um, so I just, I feel like it needs to be brought back to the audience perspective. I feel like it's, I don't know. Like what it's interesting to view. Um, Cause like we're talking about the show's pre- presentation of fusion and how Stevani functions within that. You you seem to think that there's going to be a greater presence as we move forward and potentially... You you had this endgame theory. Talk about this endgame theory you presented in the article. Okay, my endgame theory is that the show will end, no matter what season it is that they eventually end, but the final episode will be very, very much like the end of Korra, where we see Korra and Asami walking into the spirit world. We're going to see Steven and Connie fuse and choose to stay fused permanently, much like Garnet. And my reasoning for this, they are so similar to Garnet already in like the way they behave as a fusion, the way they act unfused, all of this. And Steven just slowly learning more from Garnet about what it's like to be a permanent fusion why she's a permanent fusion it seems like it's all building somewhere like they're not just giving backstory on garnet but trying to teach steven something and i think eventually that's going to come into play it could be season 10 for all i know but i think that's their ultimate end game is permanent stevani because i don't think we could see a season of stevani but just end the show there that's kind of fascinating to think about i mean it's like we have this long-term arc with steven and connie um and they're building their growing dynamic and then we also have a parallel arc of fusion representing relationships in the show so you could just totally see how those converge at the ends Mm -hmm. and like how fusion comes to represent steven and connie's dynamic it's it's i don't know it's 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 really interesting to think about i am i feel like people would have mixed feelings on this I don't know. No matter what they end the show with, there's going to be mixed feelings, I think. Stevani walking into the spirit world, it's an interesting interesting thing. Not necessarily not. The way I picture it is like Stevani standing in front of Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl, like leading them and just end with the line, we are the crystal gems and just cut. Just like heroic, triumphant, not necessarily the kind of slow romantic we saw in Korra. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, it's 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 like how do they indicate that this is a permanent thing? That's a, that's a question. Uh, maybe they we show that maybe we see them talking about the decision, right? Like exactly, that would be fascinating too. That conversation because you got to think by the time the show ends, because Rebecca has said she has a very big arc, like she has it planned way out. It could go on for season after season. So by the time it ends, they got to be what seventeen. 18-ish, maybe? Yeah, maybe. And I think that'll be cool. And I, I'm excited for that point because I parallel Steven Universe and Adventure Time a lot. Adventure Time, Finn started, what, 12, was it? Yeah, and then Finn, we randomly learned Finn's, like, 16, right, at right. some point. And see, when Finn's 12, we get moments where he just wants to give a hug or a kiss to Princess Bubblegum, and then when he's 16, we get stuff like Breezy. Yeah. So it's like, if we're already getting moments like this with Stephen and Connie, imagine like how much more poignant it'll be when they're older. Yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of fascinating. Even And like, if this is a, such a long-term plot arc and the show goes on long enough, like seeing how they deal with the potential romance, romantic uh, aspects of their relationship, because it's we our, our conclusion here is like, this is the thing for the future. But it's like, if the show is the future, then how, how they handle this on screen. That could be very right. fascinating to see. Yeah, it's thinking thinking about the end game of Steven Universe. Kind of hard to picture right now. Because I mean, we have no clue what the show is going to look like. I don't even know what the show is going to look like in when it comes back. Like, <laughs> it's it's like we don't. There's so many, everything's open. I mean, the show right. was presented so much more than it has in the past. Like in the past, mm-hmm. like ten episodes, 
but we just had nothing before that, right? So it's even right. even now it's just so little. It's like we still have so much stuff just like loose plot ends floating around that who knows when those will be resolved, like bismuth. Yeah. I want that so bad. Yeah, I'm seeing so much about bismuth and yeah, I, we this is a different podcast about yeah completely different but <laughs> I, I i just do something with line that's that's do just do something with line okay and we did they haven't even drilled into the <laughs> that's the thing like they still need to drill to stop the cluster they haven't even resolved that right uh right. yeah i have a theory about line though with the um not line specifically did you ever see that vine just lion things and it was just a video of lion jumping in boxes yeah i did see that yeah i feel like somebody watched that said, let's make this into a full episode, but make it about Peridot, and that's how we got yesterday's episode. <laughs> that's, that's interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah, almost, yeah, Peridot, we have the, yeah, so, too much. Okay, so, yeah, I don't even know what's, what's, yeah, we don't even know what's happening next episode, so how am I going to, this back Also, it's just, I'm thinking about this, like, We've so the show has ordered a season three, and we're halfway through season two. So like we're through seventy eight episodes, and we basically have another seventy eight to go that's currently ordered, which is the double our size, and that's only through season three. Right, and seeing how well the show is doing, like critically, any other network for Cartoon Network, I'd think that's a surefire season four. But we saw Young Justice, so. Yeah, the thing is, like, one, the show's ratings aren't. I mean, I don't, I don't even know the context, honestly. Like, the show airs at five thirty, yeah. so it's who knows. But even if they were like spectacular, Cartoon Network has shown in the past that they care about things more than ratings, and we have no concept of um, like the the how well this show is doing action figure wise, which might yeah. cancel it, right? And this is the type of show you worry about because there's a big female audience, well, so. I think this show has done a great job showing they can market to other demographics because you go on Hot Topic, you'll have the Star shirt, which I'm wearing right now. Nice. You'll have the Cokie Cat shirt. You'll have um, pop figures. You have all this stuff that Cartoon Network is just now starting to tap into, and that is going to get more of the female market as well. Yeah. So I think the show is safe, and also the fact that it's so tightly tied to Adventure Time. I think as long as Adventure Time is safe, so is Steven Universe. That that is true. Um, I mean, I worry about Cartoon Network only caring about the males that watch the show, but it's tie- tying to Adventure Time is interesting. I wonder how long Adventure Time is going to go on, but that's another. Who knows? Uh, okay, so um, we've covered the future. Yeah, I, I think I think we're good on that. Last. By the way, last last thoughts closing out. What did we didn't get your opinions on the five episodes we saw this week? What, were you a fan oh, of, of all? Of them? I I loved it. I loved this week so much. The answer was very much that I've heard it called a fairy tale a lot. Yeah, like artistically, uh, narratively, I really like the way they handled that episode. And my favorite moment of that is when we hear Ruby and Sapphire humming the chorus of Stronger Than You, which makes me think that's their fusion song. Like I mentioned this in one of the articles I did where that piece of music, like that simple part, keeps coming up in all these different pieces that involve Garnet. And so it's kind of cool to like see where that came from. Yeah, yeah. I, I, You know what I was thinking about with the answer is that I feel like it's kind of a, an analog to beginnings from Korra. To a certain extent. Yes, it, it is because we do. It's yeah, because in beginnings we see the first avatar, and in the answer we see the first ever fusion. And like they're both like minimally, uh, mm-hmm. like minimal dialogue choices, narrative choices, but it's just because it's like from a fairy tale lens, right? Yeah, and a bit of a different art direction too. Yeah, that yeah, definitely true. We, yeah, okay. Just just very happy with the direction direction of the show. And then Steven's birthday, we talked about a fair amount, but yeah. The Greg Garnet moment is just perfect where he pulls out the Estelle record. I ranked this 5 out of 5 for this week, the for the which is not a disservice to Steven's birthday, but were you were you higher on it than that? Hmm, which which part? There's uh Steven's birthday that episode. I ranked it 5th out of the 5 <sighs> episodes from this week. <sighs> 
They're all strong. Yes, so it's pretty rough. But it's because it's such a good like this is in my mind the best Stephen Bong. Like I love the first one still. Like I'm one of the few people who will tell you how great political power is as an episode. <laughs> but I think this week they just kicked it out of the park. My one gripe is that they should have done what they did in the first Stephen Bomb, where they aired Return and Jailbreak is one half hour. Like they could have done Too Far on Monday, Answer on Tuesday, Stephen's birthday. Uh, could have been great and message received on Thursday. Yeah. And then done log date on Friday. And it would have been just a little bit better. But. Yeah. The the airing of these episodes is obviously not optimal. It really wasn't. But um the two part mid season finale I thought was great just all the way through so much. I've heard a little bit about this where one of the statue one of like the mosaic kind of things we see in or carvings rather of the diamonds we see in the moon base that they don't name. So it's either white or white or pink. The way it's standing is very similar to Rose in that extended theme. And a lot of people are saying like that could mean Rose's pink diamond. We only see like the bottoms of the pink diamond one, like the feet. And like her feet look we don't see Rose's feet, I guess, and they they don't look the same, but but like the fact that we don't see we see all of the other ones and we only see like the bottom of pink diamond, you know, like something's happening here. Right. Yeah. And also in in uh Jasper's ship, there's only three diamonds. There's only white, yellow, and blue. Yeah. Like it looks like the Triforce. So something happened. Yeah. Definitely. And that shows like the age of the moon base. I thought that's just really cool how they dated that as well. Mm-hmm. And then let's see, it could have been great message received for really good episodes. I thought I thought Yellow Diamond finally appearing was great. It's like we got like a just a hint of Yellow Diamond in that extended opening and that caused the entire internet to explode. But actually seeing her in the episode, I think is definitely one of the more underrated moments of the week that we finally saw Yellow Diamond. Yeah. And then Lock Date's just 11 minutes of pure beauty. Yeah. I was very impressed with Lock Date. Like, the lion jokes. I love the lion jokes. It kind oh. of reminded me of Say Uncle in a way where it's so fun. Yeah, I need to rewatch Say Uncle because, like, I was like, oh man, this is going to be bad. And then it was, like, actually pretty good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Okay, so that's yeah, that's good. That's the week. As we, that's the week. As we very, mu- as we look forward to the show coming back, um, we don't know when. Cartoon Network's the worst. We'll see. What do you think about those provisional titles, real quick? Like there was a whole list. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil any of the titles even, except this one seems completely non-related to the main plot. Kiki's Pizza Delivery Service. Yeah, yeah. Cracked me up. Yeah, it's a pretty great title. I it's wonder like, if I wonder if that will be the final title for I, episode. I hope. I hope so. Because there's like there's what twenty of those. There's it's for yeah it it works out that it's probably for the rest of the, all the rest of the season. And now that and now that we have seen, there's one. I, I'm gonna try not to spoil too many of the titles, but this one, Back to the Moon. Now that we've seen it go to the moon once, it kind of makes more sense. Yeah, you would presume that the Back to the Moon title is the series finale, is the this the season finale for season two, uh, right? And it's I it's probably I don't know these those probably aren't the titles of the episodes those ones. If nothing else, I think they'll change the number two to the actual word two. No, it should be Back to the Moon. Yeah, that's 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 what it should. Yeah, be. Back to the Moon. Yeah. That's actually. So we'll see what I, I. The thing that I was wondering with these original titles is like, are the episodes we just saw within those somewhere? That's yeah, like somehow are those like renamed? Yeah, so I'm not sure. That the, by the we should note with the original titles, this was all Cartoon Network once again. They just posted them randomly. And then and then Ian Jones was just like, um, yeah, that's not entirely like. Don't take that as word of God. That's yeah. not. So that's that's not right. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, the show coming back soon. I am. I'd be surprised if it wasn't back in January. Yeah, I, I think it'll be. I mean, it's probably not going to be another bomb. Like, maybe if it, maybe it's January twenty eighth. But either way, like, I think it'll be back at some point soon. Right. And then hopefully that leak that we saw will happen immediately, so we don't have to anticipate that the entire. Time. I do not know about the leak. Okay. I. I'm actively avoiding That's it. Good. I don't know where, where where is it all. Like, is it on YouTube or is it like just Tumblr? 
Um, I mean, it was only three seconds, so there could be a YouTube video with it, but I've seen it on Tumblr. At, okay, um, if it's three seconds, I might just go ahead and spoil myself. No, 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 no. It's, 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 a, it's a big moment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it means. Like, I've, I've been purposely not saying it on the podcast, and then I have saw someone like, you missed that this was happening. I'm like, person, I'm purposely not saying it to not spoil people. So Yeah. That's, that's what we're doing. Okay, so... We'll be back covering Steven Universe when it comes back, maybe with another one of these topic podcasts in between, depending on if it comes back like next week or like a few weeks from now. And, you know, overlyanimated.com for all your Steven Universe needs. Uh, I assume we will have more Steven Universe articles. I need to write my counterpart to the top 10 songs. That's like, that like topic speaks to me. That was definitely one I would have done on my own. If you want to do like a live debate of our list. <laughs> The problem is I'm going to I'm going to entitle the article. This is like completely subjective because like, right. this is just going to be like, which song you were like actually trying to objectively rank the songs, which I like applaud you for. And I'm, and that's why when I put stronger than you, number three, I'm like, oh, Tumblr will crucify yeah. for this. <laughs> I would also not have stronger for you one. So that's just. A Thank you. I would, it might be two. I'm not sure. I have to think about this. But yeah, it, I would basically I, when I write there, I'm just be like, these are my opinions because I I think the music is purely subjective right yeah and it's also like which ones i emotionally responded to too which is just personal you know because right. all those songs most of the songs are very emotional okay um overlyanimated.com and support us at patreon.com slash overlyanimated thanks to our current patrons Shayna, mitch cordell beatrice nate andy jamie and rachel aka hand up your mitch Cornell university beatrix strange buzz like your mailman rachel rose um tomorrow we have Ruby and Ladybug podcasts, and then question mark, because nothing else is scheduled during the week, um, next week yet. Uh, and except Adventure Time, I think is happening, and we need to discuss this internally. A lot of us about it. We're not covering Adventure Time week to week. I don't. Was there an Adventure Time Thursday night this week? I think there was, and I have not seen it. Yeah. Okay. Also, it didn't look like a big episode. It looked like Lumpy Space Princess side episode. Dude, so. Lumpy Space Princess is like the most important side character. So <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. True. I mean, we last Lumpy Space Princess episode was her taking care of the giant baby. So that wasn't that important. And then before, but before that, we had that one. I can't think of the name of it, but where we had like the circle in like the middle of the episode, and then everything else was like a separate dimension or something. Do you remember that one? Like, I'm trying to think of it. I don't know. I'll figure it out. It was I, a weird episode. It was so good. Adventure Time episodes blend together in my head a lot. They do. More I so. Didn't even, I didn't even know the Cherry Soda episode aired, and I was really excited for that one. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Adventure I love Ta- Ruby Guy. Adventure Time's with I also really like Ruby Guy. That first Ruby Guy episode. Okay, that's, that's okay. <laughs> thanks. Okay, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.